gets inside, leans in, knocked away and stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top. This the dagger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Eunice, and today we have a lot to talk about. We, we just do. Game one across all the series have been completed. We saw it over the weekend. The awards are going to be announced throughout this week, and we have so much I want to get talk. I just want to talk about everything, everything that I humanly talk about. So for today's podcast episode, it's going to be short and sweet and to the point. I'm going to be giving you guys my official predictions for the NBA awards. I'm going to be showing you guys or telling you guys over the air what my uh, final NBA uh, predictions are for the championship. Pardon me for the championship, and I'm very excited about this. And I think it's gonna shock some of you guys. I think it's gonna shock some of you guys for sure. I think once you guys see this in its full effect, I think it's gonna shock you guys. I don't know. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. But you guys know where to find me. First off. Social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I mainly use Twitter, so twitter.com slash Join the conversation. Um, follow me, of course. Like, retweet my stuff. Just keep propping it up. We've been doing really well on there recently, so that's just where we're going to be able to find all the news, all the content for my website, and anything extra. And I do want to let you guys know. This is very important to me. That come April 30th. Yes, you heard me correct. April 30th will be the release of my ebook. More details will be coming tomorrow for Tuesday's edition of the podcast. I just want to let you guys know that the date has been picked April 30th. So I'm very excited about that. I'm going to release details of the book coming soon with the cover art. I just want to give you guys a background to that. And if you guys did not know from the previous episode I've done, um, this book would be covering the entire NBA from its inception all the way to now. Going decade by decade, breaking down each decade by uh, cool to unknown facts. And I'm going to be bringing up a lot of players, talking about them, and different things like that. It's a very comprehensible book. It's a very interesting book, and I'm a very, I'm very, very excited about this book. So, guys, with that being said, this is what I have going on for today's uh, episode as far as announcements. So let's just jump right into it. And I want to talk to you guys first about the awards. I want to give you guys my predictions. I want to give you guys the news ahead of that. And then I'm going to jump into the postseason. I'm going to break down all the games, especially the Suns-Clippers games. I have a lot of opinions on that. As seen on my Twitter, I break it down a lot of games, mainly the Phoenix Suns. I try to commentate on the Suns the best I can and consistently. 
But looking at the uh, awards round first. So, it was announced by the NBA that they'll be announcing award winners throughout this upcoming week. So, the 2022-23 NBA Awards announcement schedule is this. Monday, April 17th, which is today, the Defensive Player of the Year will be announced. All these games will be announced. All these awards will be announced on TNT 30 minutes prior to the game during the pregame show. All 7 p.m. Eastern or 4 o'clock Mountain Standard Time, Arizona Time. So, the Defensive Player of the Year will be announced tonight, tomorrow night, Tuesday, April 18th. Clutch Player of the Year will be announced. Wednesday, April 19th, Coach of the Year. And then lastly, Thursday, April 20th, Sixth Man of the Year. Again, all 7 p.m. East Coast time on TNT. So, get hyped for that one. It's going to be happening. So, Depoy is going to be happening during the 76ers-Nets game tonight. I'll be talking about that. I'm going to be watching that game. So, 4 p.m., I'm going to be tuning in. It's going to be very, very interesting. I cannot wait to see who's going to win that award. That's all my awards news. I want to try just a transition to predictions now. And I think the one that's going to be winning the awards is going to be Brooke Lopez. I think Brooke Lopez has the best shot. I know that we have Jaron Jackson Jr. and Evan Mobley up there, but... Brooke Lopez, in my opinion, has been more impactful, more dynamic, has just been that player for the Bucks consistently, and has transcended the defense. Do I think Evan Mobley? Evan Mobley will always be in the conversation, but for Brooke Lopez to do it at his age, that efficiently, with that great of an impact, you give him it. And Jerry Jackson Jr., he's not that great. He's not. He's a liability in some categories. He's fine when it comes to blocking shots and whatnot. I did this huge breakdown not too long ago, but to sum it up for you guys, it's Brooke Lopez. And I, I don't I'm not the biggest fan of the Bucks, but I can respect them. I can respect Brooke Lopez because Lopez has done such an incredible job. So I see him winning. I one hundred percent see the thirty five year old winning it. I honestly do. He's just impacted it greatly. He's always getting blocks. He's always trying to get that set or steal. He's just been so impactful. So I think for sure we're going to be seeing Brooke Lopez winning that award. I 100% believe that. Then I know on Tuesday we're going to make a clutch part of the year. Um, my pick for that would be De'Aaron Fox. I know it's between him, DeMar DeRozan, and Jimmy Buckets, Jimmy Butler, but I'm pegging De'Aaron Fox. He's been so crucial for this team, so clutch. He stepped up when it mattered most, especially when those games were against tougher opponents. He's just stepped up. I'm not saying that DeMar has it. I'm not saying that Jimmy has it, but Fox has picked up the pace. He's picked up a great consideration the bulk that goes on um, in terms of hard work in Sacramento I also do believe that De'Aaron Fox is the better player out of the three I think he's been the most clutch player I think he deserves to be recognized the 
Sacramento Kings are doing something very historic this season, very remarkable. It should not go without notice. I think the more uh, I think the Aaron Fox deserves to be recognized because they've had the best season. Whereas Jimmy Butler and DeMar DeRozan, they've had okay seasons. It put them into that playing tournament contention or straight into the postseason, but I'm definitely picking Darren Fox. He's just been the glue. He's been that guy for the Sacramento Kings. He's made the Kings very fun, even when they weren't fun. He's just been that player, and he's been growing ever since. And then we see on Wednesday, a coach of the year is going to be announced. So my guy for coach of the year is obviously Mike Brown. Going off of saying about Darren Fox, Mike Brown has transcended, transformed, and turned around this struggling organization who once had a 16-season playoff drought is now renewing their playoff hopes and is deep into the postseason. Deep meaning that they actually made it past the playing tournament, even though they didn't need the playing tournament, and that they won game one. I know it's just one game, but very exciting nonetheless. But you have Joe Mazzola, Mark Denault, and Mike Brown. Mark Denault and OKC Thunder have a very bright future. I just don't think it compares to the magnitude of what Mike Brown has done. Same goes for Joe Mozala. He stepped in. He's done a wonderful job when they could have just cracked under the pressure, buckled. But that team was in good hands before Emi Udoka and during Emi Udoka. Udoka and after in Udoka and then we saw Joe Mozala come in and keep improving that team but that team was already stacked whereas with the Kings it was all improving there was more what ifs and you, that was not a team that just recently went to the NBA Finals against the Golden State team so with that being said I think unanimous decision is going to be Mike Brown Maybe one person is going to pick Mark. Maybe one person is going to pick Joe. Who knows? But I'm going Mike Brown 100% of the way. I really, really do believe it's going to be Mike Brown. And again, Mark Denault and Joe Muzal, they did really good jobs. They really, really, really. Like, the type of jobs that they did were good. They did solid jobs in the postseason or close to making the postseason. But Mark Denault's going to win Coach of the Year. He's going to be a Coach of the Year in his Oklahoma City tenure. As the head, uh, the head coach of the Thunder, he's going to be Coach of the Year. Mark my words. It's not going to be this season. It may be next season, depending on what they do. But his future is bright. I think it's bright. But in the end, it's going to be Mike Brown. Coach the player should be going to Darren Fox. Coach of the Year should be going to Mike Brown. And Defense Player of the Year should be going to Brooke Lopez. I think I think those can be close enough to unanimous or unanimous all the way. I honestly do believe that. And the rest of these awards are up for grabs except for Most Improved Player. To me, this is the easiest decision. And this has always been my argument. This argument can be flawed. Just by the inherent nature of the award. I'm picking an award marketing. But the reason why. Shigo Alexander and Jalen Brunson. 
and or marginal in that category as top three finals is because they're the most improved players. They've improved their career. They improved season by season. They have either excelled and just are keeping up or going beyond with expectations. Or they're able to overcome the haters. Like Lori Markinen. That's why I'm taking Lori Markinen because when he was with Chicago, when Lori Markinen was with Chicago, it was not good. It was severely underwhelming. Not many people were expecting a career resurrection. It just was not. There was nothing he could do in Chicago. And I hate to say that, but... But it's true, the 25-year-old was not going to save his career off a miracle. It just was not going to happen. Right? So, you saw his career being transformed when he went to the Cavaliers. It's like, okay, you see him somewhat being there, but people had doubts. And then he got traded to the Jazz, and it's like, he's a 25-8-2 type of guy. Shooting 50% from the field. He has career highs in points, field goal percentage, um, free point percentage. Well, close to nah, no, second to best. And then almost in rebounds and definitely in assists. And he played 66 games. The second most in his career. The last time he played more than 66 was back in 2017-18 in his rookie season with the Chicago Bulls. But he's also um, a career high in minutes as well, as I'm looking at his stats. I think by far, he has the most potential, the most upside to win this award. He should be in favor of winning this award. And I'm not calling for unanimous, for a unanimous decision, but this is a decision that should be made in favor of Lauren Marketing. Shago Alexander was always expected to be a superstar. He was always expected to benefit, to boost the funder. Same goes for Jalen Brunson. And even though the Mavericks didn't know how to manage him, and even though the Mavericks failed him, he proved that in his final season with Dallas that he is a good player. And even though he has to play with besides Luka Doncic in that final season, he's an absolute ball hog. I don't care if that hurts your guys' feelings or not. It's just true. He was able to prove why he's vital. And then he goes over the Knicks. He goes over to New York. And now he's balling out. Jalen Brunson could win it. I'm not going to lie. I just see Jalen... I'm sorry. I just see Lori Markin winning it. I just do. Lori Markin has turned around his career. Whereas the other two players, they were expected to perform. They were pers- they were expected to be good. Like, Lord, like Jalen Brunson, when he had that breakout season with 16 points, he was on the up and up. He was. If he were to be considered, it should have been during the 2021-22 season when he played 79 games. This season, I get to hear a cry and points, three-point percentage, and assist with minutes being included. But honestly, I would ra- I would rather give it to Lori Markkinen because it's more of that feel-good underdog story but Jalen Brunson is up there I think I think Lori Markin deserves it then it goes Jalen Brunson but they're both tied I don't think it's a unanimous decision will be kind of close uh, it, it could go either way that could be a toss-up 
But Shea Alexander was just too good to be, okay, I get his improvement stats, but for the concept of that award, he just does not fit to be the winner. That's not because he's bad or he doesn't deserve it. He does. He just, he's more of the, in the MVP conversation because the man's averaging on, he's just averaging supernatural. He's averaging 31 points per game, five rebounds and five and a half assists with 1.6 steals. Those are MVP numbers, not most improved player numbers, if that makes sense. So for Shagos Alexander not to win this award is much better because he's he's more credible as an MVP, whereas he gets the award, it's great, but it's useless. They should have went to someone else. That's just in my opinion. Shea's amazing. I love Shea. I would love to have a jersey of Shea. All I'm saying is that Shea's much better than most improved, whereas Jalen Brunson and Lori Marketing, they're not up there with Shea. Shea's MVP. Those two guys are most improved. But Jalen Brunson's getting there because Jalen Brunson is slowly climbing up season by season and better and just proving everyone that he deserved to get paid. Because everyone made fun of him when he got paid all that money. They didn't expect it. They put him as the underdog. They made fun of Knicks. But it's been proven to be very well. Very, very well. So, those are like my short opinions. To try to just try to say it that way. Those are like my short opinions. I, I, I honestly do believe that. But those are all three really good players within this category and outside this category. Uh, that, that's just my honest opinion. So, none of these guys are bad. They're, you just see them differently. I just judge them differently. So, I'm going to give that to marketing. Now, sixth man of the year. This is also a close because Malcolm Brogdon and Emmanuel quickly have been going at each other's throats. Been going at each other's throats for a while now. Not going to lie. But I'm giving that to Emmanuel quickly. I, I just, I, I, I see Emmanuel quickly winning that. I think he's had more of an impact. The Knicks needed him more than the Celtics needed Malcolm Brogdon in many games of the season. And stretches of the season. I honestly do believe that. But it's very close. Both players have played very well. Both players have played very well. Um, Bobby Portis winning. Six man. I just. I don't see that. He's. Don't get me wrong. He's good. But. It would go. Emmanuel. Malcolm. Then Bobby. That's just my personal opinion, though. But I would I would see Emmanuel over Brogdon. I just think Emmanuel quickly has done more. Uh, has done more for his team than Brogdon has. I don't know. Is that fair to say? Is that fair? I don't know. Like I, I like both guys, but... Emmanuel quickly. This one's always going to stump me. This one's always going to stump me. I just, I don't know. Because both have benefits. Both have benefits. I'm not going to lie. I just can't sit here and say, well, one one's clearly better than the other. It's just not that case. 
And these guys do deserve I can rule on Bobby Portis Jr. No disrespect towards him. I just, I can't. This one's actually tough. But I say I'm just going to have to give it to Manuel quickly. I just see Manuel quickly getting the slight edge. But I wouldn't be upset if Malcolm Brogdon got it. So to me, when I wrote this down on Twitter today to make it official, I was torn. I'm legit, I'm legit torn. Legit torn. But I think in the end, it has to go. It has to go to a man quickly. Not like it has to be. I don't know. I just see both players winning it. But I know you can't get a participation trophy. It's just not how this thing works. Alright guys, Emmanuel quickly. I'm sticking with Emmanuel quickly. Now you guys want to know another hard award trying to pick? You ready? Rookie of the year. Rookie of the year was so interesting. And it was it, it's really between Pelopanchero, Jalen Williams, and Walker. It's really between those two. I know Walker Kessler's there, but I feel bad he got a concussion to a very good season. I can't wait. The Timberwolves were had one of the worst trades ever for Trent Rudy Gobert. He gave up so many players, including Walker Kessler. Great trade for the Utah Jazz. A lot of young guys came from that trade. It turned into something beautiful, beautiful, special. But I just, I don't see Walker Kessler winning it. He just wasn't as, even though Pelé Pancho was on a horrible team, he was just that guy that made you look at that horrible team and say, look, this is what I'm doing. You have to take me seriously. I'm going to become a threat. Which is great for the Magic, not going to lie. But this is between Apollo Panchero and Jalen Williams. And Jalen Williams has been beefing up his stats, beefing up his impact, and beefing up his debate, his, I don't know what you call that, his side of the argument. It's very interesting if you think about it, because this could, in theory, go to walk, um, sorry, not him, uh, Jalen Williams. However, I have Pelin Panchero because he's just been that guy. He's been that rookie for the entire season. Jalen was under the radar. Then, after the All-Star break, I'll give him that. He was finally over the radar and making it a competition. Both players are going to be very good in the future. OKC should be grateful to have Jalen Williams. I just see that award going to Pelin Panchero. I think a few votes will go towards Jalen, obviously, but I think it'll almost be unanimous or close there too. In favor of Paulo Panchero, I honestly do believe that. That's just my that's my take. That's my overall take on how I see this thing going. But again, this was this was difficult because I like Jalen Williams. I like Pella Pinchard. I like Walker Kessler. But I have to write Walker Kessler. Jalen Williams, I could go either way. But Paula Panchero, he's my winner. I'm taking him winning rookie of the year. I just am. And then the easiest decisions, minus the coach player of the year and coach of the year, was MVP.
MVP. The 2022-23 NBA Most Valuable Player Award will be going to Joel Embiid. I broke it down how he was better in every single month. Or close to every single month against Joel, um, against Nikhil Jokic. Nikhil Jokic, unless you're trying to go for the history being made, is not the winner. He's not the winner. And my fear is also if you give this man a third MVP, especially in a row, guess what? We're going to have to put him in the GOAT conversation. And he hasn't done anything for that, but I know fans. I know how they're going to react. He's not GOAT material. He's just not. Until he wins a couple of rings, those MVPs are worthless. They're not going to make it to the top 15 discussion for being a GOAT or even top 30. And I'm being honest. I'm being honest. I'm sorry. That's But Joel B deserves it. Undoubtedly so. And I know people are saying, what about Giannis Antetokounmpo? And Giannis Antetokounmpo is a very good player, and I respect him. I love him. But the team thrived without him. The team thrived and survived, and it, it just amplified who they were without him at times. Like, they didn't always need Giannis. Joel Bede, the 76ers need Joel Bede. The Nuggets, they could survive without Nikhil Jokic to a certain extent. But the 76ers, even though they have many, many great players on that team, good to greatish players on that team, you need Joel Bede. If you don't have Joel Bede, you're losing. And it was demonstrated throughout this season. So in the end, I'm picking Joel Bede. From the beginning of this season, I said Joel. And to the end, I said it was going to be Embiid. That's just my true, raw opinion. That's just how I emotionally feel. That's just how I feel. That's just how I feel. And I don't know how you guys feel about this. I know it could be skewed for everyone else, but MVP was one of the easiest decisions I could have humanly made. Humanly made. And while that could be like, eh, that's debatable, I 100% believe it. 100% believe it. Again, guys, with all of that being said, these are just my opinions. Even though I'm going to be right on the majority of these, I really do believe I'm going to be near perfect. Just watch this. Maybe the one thing I'm going to trip, on, trip up on is six man of the year, maybe. But I think all these guys are worthy. I've seen some guys are beyond worthy. Some guys are just worthy. That's just my honest opinion. That's how I'm feeling about it. I think I have a fair assessment. I'm excited. Not going to lie, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how this stuff plays out. I can't wait for the games tonight. And speaking about the games tonight, I'm done with the awards. I want to talk to you guys about my playoffs, my pop predictions. I just want to let you guys know a couple of things. I want to let you guys know a couple of things. You ready? Tower Hero is going to be out for the next four to six weeks due to breaking um, some fingers on his right hand. He's going to be out. And per, and per ESPN, there's significant doubt John Moran will play Wednesday. So, game two, yeah, game two for the Memphis Grizzlies is going to be really tough. Really, 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 really tough. 
but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to that in a second. Those are the two biggest injuries. And, of course, we also have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Speaking about him, he's suffering from a lower back contusion. I was reporting this all on Twitter.com slash Courtside Heat. Um, at Courtside Heat, right? I was breaking it all down. He went to the locker room, came back to the bench, came back into the game, went back to the bench, went back to the locker room, and it was ruled out. Due to his lower back contusion. So, right now, he's uncertain. There's optimism that he could play, but there's still that level of uncertainty. I want to let you guys know that before the game. That being said, I'm going to give you guys my breakdown, my predictions on what I think is going to happen. I have respect for all these teams, but let's do it. So, Denver versus Minnesota. Denver versus Minnesota. I'm having Denver win in five. The the first showing, yesterday's showing, was so brutal by the Timberwolves. It wasn't even funny. Jamal Murray to kill Jokic and everyone else had a field day. It was over. It was a blood city. It wasn't even fun to watch. I hate being fans that had to... Wait an extra 30 minutes or so because the Suns game just for a blob. Had to go home like 1 2 in the morning. Like, oh, okay, this 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 hurts. So, but for what I saw yesterday, I think Minnesota can only win a game. Even if it goes to six, I'm picking Denver. Picking Denver. I'm 100% picking Denver. For the Suns-Clippers matchup, I'm choosing the Suns in six. Sure, game one was horrendous. Sure, we had a lot of mistakes. And I'm going to talk about that now. You know what? I'm going to talk about it now. I think we should play Josh Okogie over TC. Was Torrey Craig fine? Sure. But Josh Okogie would have been diving on that ground for the rebounds. He would have been a lot more physical. DA, speaking about physicality. DeAndre is never going to be physical. The amount of shots he missed, especially when open, was disgusting. But his lack of physicality is nothing new. It gets old. I'm kind of tired of it. The Suns just missed a lot of opportunities just to rebound, especially at the end of the game. At the end of the game, they missed free chances. The Nashville forced them to the line. And you know Russell Westbrook, that bum who went free 19, dominates you. Really? On the glass? Come on. Like, it was really sickening. Devin Booker had a great defensive game, but Chris Paul couldn't hit a shot to save his life. Devin Booker was just half and half. It, it was just really bad. We only had 18 in the first quarter. The Clippers just had better ball movement. That game was very uncharacteristic. I, I appreciate Monty for trying to be bold and go outside his comfort comfort zone for the rotations, but why did we only play Josh Jacoby for less than 10 minutes? I think it was like 7 minutes. It wasn't a lot. Torrey Craig was not getting it done. Why did we feel as though we needed to change up our rotations, our starting lineup, all because it was the Clippers? I thought it was going to be a battle of a game, but I didn't think it was going to be this much of a challenge in terms of us getting our doors blown off at times. 
Because we were losing by double digits. Then we were up by 7-9. Then we lost that. Then it was back and forth. Like, Kawhi win or lose, he played his heart out. Him and Ross destroyed us on the boards and just scored. Not Russ because he's bottom shooting-wise. But how do you let that? Because he's still athletic. How do you let him just get in? Booker needs to block him out better. Guys need to block him out better. There should be better physicality. There should have been emphasis on fundamentals of rebounding. It's disgusting. And I'm not going to criticize that game too much because I'm not going to be the person who just sweeps it under the rug and say, well, it was just an off game. You're darn right it was an off game, but it happens again. I'm going to be really mad because that should have never happened. This is serious without Paul George. This is serious with Kawhi Leonard is having to do it just by himself with a bunch of other role players. You're letting Fat Man Eric Gordon score on you. That's bad. It's called having good defense. It's called having good offense. You can't play iso ball or this very rigid and rough and just uncomfortable style offense. If you're going to do that, then make the darn shots. It's stupid. It's uncalled for. And it's, it's horrendous to say the least. You don't lose game one, especially at home. You just don't do that. There were many, there was many more failing points than success points that I could pinpoint. And you can rewatch that game and try to isolate in your brain. You can try to rationalize that game. There ain't no rationalizing. That game was trash. It made me more frustrated. It was slowly ripping out my heart. A win or lose, even if we would have won the game, I would have preferred we won the game. It was still a bad game that was partially to blame on the players and the coach. It was just bad. It was bad. I'm not going to sit here and say it's an off game. And that's all. No. Up your physicality. Play Josh Akogi more. Do a stinking box out for once. Do these guys just not know how to play fundamentals sometimes? And for the life, get campaign back because Landry Sham is not the guy. He has not been the guy for the past three years. I don't like Landry Shaman. The reason why he's playing is because he can play defense. I'm sick and tired of seeing this team make the same old mistakes. You correct them. Don't get outcoached by Tyron Lue, who only won a championship because of LeBron and Kyrie. What are we doing here? Honestly. I was going to let you guys know my feelings last night for Twitter, but you're like, I was disgusted. I didn't want to do that. I want to type out. I wanted to scream today because it's dumb. It's dumb. Fix the issues. Be able to close out games. It, it's always something with the Suns. We either can't play tight defense. Apparently, we couldn't box out a bum, an athletic bum who went Three of 19, we couldn't cover, we couldn't box out a fat man, and now we were pulling out Josh Kogi. Really? Really? We're doing that? Like, we're doing this? I already, I already know DeAndre is not worth max money when he can't play physical. It's never been his game. It's never been his game in Arizona. It's never been his game starting in the NBA and up until now. But make shots. Do something. It, it's really, it's really embarrassing sometimes. It's really sickening.
And I'm sorry if you guys have headphones, and I'm sorry that I'm screaming, but it gets old after a while. Play good defense. It's not that hard. They made their situations all harder on themselves. Like, Tory Craig had bad defensive breakdowns. Stay on your man. If there's going to be a switch, take the man that was just switched off of you. It's not that hard. I've never seen a level of incompetence before in a first half. I've never wanted to rip out my own eyes so bad. The first half was ugly. It was 30-18 in the first quarter. Then we had some life in the final five minutes of the second quarter. We had a great third quarter to the final couple of minutes. That's when Kawhi's like, hold my beer. I'll be right back. He does his stuff. And now we're pulling the same crap. I've never seen such an embarrassing game. But I've just never seen something like That's not true. I've seen it many times. But just game one. You come and you come strong. And the level of confidence that our my own fan base had, like, oh, we're going to be able to beat the Clippers. And I said the Clippers were easy between the Warriors and Clippers. Did I fear the Clippers? Yes. But we were the better team. We're always going to do better than the Clippers. I'm still taking the Suns in six. But just correct the darn issues. These are the same mistakes. And if I find out that in game two or game three or game four or game five or game six or game seven, we can't close out a third quarter, I'm going to lose my darn mind. Now, there are positive moments. There were. But the cons outweighed the pros. The bad outweighed the good. I think we can all agree upon that. I think we all can. And we lost the game. I would talk about the good more if this was not a playoff game. And you only have four games to get your act together. You only have four lives. Should have never happened. Should have never lost game one. That's a fact. It should have never been that bad. That's a fact. The Suns created those issues. The Suns created those issues. Because we messed with rotations. We decided to do something else. Then we'd stick to what worked. Why? Because it was the postseason? Why? Because it was game one? Lose game two. You lost home court advantage. Just being honest. It's absolutely sickening. If this was any other game, I would do the pros. I would do the good and the bad. But I'm just focusing on the bad because it's the same old mistakes. DeAndre will never be physical. We need more Josh Okogie. Bar bench is really showing now. Our lack of bench because for whatever reason I don't know what the final was but halfway through that game it was 29 to 10 Clippers bench was being the Suns bench which never happened I don't know why we're playing Ish Wayne Wright so much more it should have been Josh Kogi so upset so there's my little mini rant 
There's my little man. I apologize if you guys were wearing headphones, but to be honest, I really don't care. Because as you guys know, I just rant to rant. And I actually had purpose behind this rant. But, I still believe in the Phoenix Suns. It's just one game. We can rebound ourselves. We're going to get back on track. We're going to make a statement game on, on Tuesday. We're going to rock the Jazz. Or, I'm sorry, we're going to rock the Clippers. We're going to win it. And then we're going to win the next four. We're going to win... Next four. That's how we're doing. We're winning in five. Or six. I have the Suns winning in six. Now, the Kings, I have them winning in seven. Because I don't think the Warriors are just going to let them die by the wayside. I don't think the Warriors are going to let themselves die by the wayside. I think they're going to make this a very competitive series. Clippers already won game one. Or, I'm sorry, Kings won game one. Game two is tonight. Um, I should be home checking. But this is going to be, I think going to be Kings in seven. I really do like the Kings. I think the Kings have so much to offer. They have so much to offer. Their future is bright, and I think they're going to knock off the Warriors. I think they're going to be able to do it. I told you they had the firepower. I told you they had enough firepower to beat the Warriors, to hang with the Warriors. They could go in a shooting contest. They could go in a shootout. They can. They could have great transition defense to offense. They just can't. They have great passing. They could do all of that. Darren Fox had a great postseason debut. 38 points. Amazing. 30 plus point performance. It was absolutely amazing. So I have Kings winning in seven. Then I have the Grizzlies winning in seven. Even though John Moran suffered this injury, I still think the Grizzlies are going to make um, it make it a competitive series. So I have them winning in seven. That's just not because I don't like the Lakers. I just believe the Grizzlies are the better team. With or without a healthy John Moran. Or a semi-John Moran. Or a semi-healthy John Moran. In the next round, I have Denver versus the Suns. Uh, Nuggets versus the Suns. I have the Suns winning in seven. This is just going to be a very long series. Do I think that we can sweep Denver in four or win in five? Yes. But just being realistic to this season, I think it's either going to go in six or seven. The Suns are going to get the job done, but just to play it safe, I have it in seven. Now, Kings versus the Grizzlies, I have the Kings winning in six. The Kings, to me, are just that wild card team. They're that dominant team coming into this postseason. I really do believe that. I have the Kings going all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Then we have Suns versus Kings, who had heated games this season. Not going to lie. Very interesting games. Very competitive games. And to me, I see the Suns beating the Kings in seven. This is not going to be easy for the Suns. It's not going to be easy. But the Suns are going to punch their ticket to the NBA Finals. I have the Suns going all the way. I think they can beat the Clippers. I think they can beat the Nuggets. I think they can beat the Kings. It's going to be tough. And I'm not using that as a precaution. I think it's going to go all seven games. Whereas with the Denver series, I'm just using that as a precaution. But I think the Suns are going to be punching in their ticket. And as we progress through, I'm going to make this more in depth. But I'm just giving you guys my standard predictions. My basic predictions, right? But, then we go to the East. I think, you want, are you ready for the first upset? You ready for the first upset? 
the Miami Heat knock off the Milwaukee Bucks. Even though I think that the entire hero injury is going to hurt the Heat more than the Giannis Antetokounmpo injury is going to affect and hurt the Bucks, I still think the Miami Heat are going to get the job done. I think they're going to get it done in six. They already won game one in shocking fashion. Even when injuries were at a high in that game. For whatever reason, hands have just been a very, very sensitive body part. Which is very interesting to me. But, I think the Heat are going to get the job done in six. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers, even though dropping game one to the Knicks, are going to be able to beat New York. I think Cleveland's going to beat them six. I, as much as I like to say Brooklyn's going to be able to beat Philly, as much as I like to say Brooklyn Bridges and the Nets are going to be able to beat Joel Embiid's 76ers, I, the fan in me says yes, but they're true underdogs. They have a future ahead of them. Well, quote-unquote future, but I think they have a bright future ahead. But I think Philly's going to get the job done six. I think you're going to see the 76ers go on and face their next team, which is going to be the Celtics because I have the Celtics beating the Hawks in five. The Hawks may win a game, but ultimately, ultimately, it's going to be the um, it's gonna be the Hawks losing. The Celtics are going to be going on. The Celtics will be facing the 76ers, but the Celtics are way, the way better team. Like in every position besides one, which John beats, Joel Embiid's going to win out his position, but every other position, every position is going to be filled with Celtics winning it. And I think the Celtics get the job in, done in four. Celtics in four. I think the Cavaliers beat the Heat in five. I think Cleveland's the better team than Miami. They're going to be coming off an impressive series versus Milwaukee, but they're just not going to be able to get the job done versus Cleveland. So it's going to be one of those matchups. And in the Eastern Conference Finals, we're going to have Cleveland versus Boston. That one's fun to me. Donovan Mitchell versus Jason Tatum. Darius Garland versus Jalen Brown. Jared Allen versus Al Horford. Isaac Coro versus Marcus Smart. All these guys. All these guys. I think it's going to be an impressive seven-game seven series where it's going to be going to, in close fashion, to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Believe that, my friends. Believe that. I honestly do believe that the Cleveland Cavaliers will be winning it in seven. In close fashion. In severely close fashion. And that sets up the NBA Finals. Phoenix Suns versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. In a matchup we have not seen. I don't think. I don't think ever. Unless it was the first time. But I thought it was Suns versus Celtics. In the 70s, when we first went to the finals. Because I know the second one was against the Bulls, and the third one was against the Bucks. Was Suns... I don't know. Hold on, I'm looking it up right now. Suns finals record. It pains me to look this up. Finals, how many times? 1976, 1976 NBA Finals, Suns versus Celtics. Yeah, in six games. 
You had the Celtics defeated the Western Conference champion Phoenix Suns four games to two to win their 13th NBA championship. Very cool, very cool, very cool. That one pains me to read. That one pains me to read for sure. But it is what it is, right? Obviously, kind of can't change it. If I could, I would. Starting with the Bucks loss. But no, going back to this one for the prediction. Suns versus Cavaliers. Both are fourth-seeded teams. I'm saying this is not going to be a Game 7. Not going to be a Game uh, 4. Where this ends in four games. This is going to be a Game 6 type of matchup where the Suns win in 6. 4-2. Suns beat the Cavaliers. I think this is where the Suns finally get the winner championship. Finally get the winner championship. Against the Cavaliers. And even if the Bucks were here, we would beat them this time. I also do believe that. But I have Suns versus Cavaliers. Devin Booker versus Donovan Mitchell. Kevin Durant versus Darius Garland. Oh, man. Duo versus duo. Jared Allen versus weak man DeAndre. I think that we can have that going. I think that would be really interesting. I would love to see that matchup. But those are just my predictions. Suns beating the Cavaliers in six to win their first ever championship. I would love that. And guys, real quick. Our games for today, our games for today will be Nets versus 76ers. The 76ers want to win their second game in a row, their last home game before they got to go on the road to Brooklyn. Um, I'm picking the 76ers, sadly. I think Nets could. I think the Nets are going to rebound. So in this game, I'm picking the Nets again because I think the Nets can rebound. But... We'll see where that goes. That game starts at 4.30 p.m. Mount Standard Time, 7.30 p.m. East Coast Time. Then we have Warriors versus Kings at 7 p.m. tonight. I'm picking the Cav oh, I'm picking the Kings. Uh, remember, 7 p.m. Mount Standard Time, 10 p.m. East Coast Time. Uh, I'm trying to find where both these games are being played uh, or being hosted on. TNT for both. TNT for both. I didn't know if it was going to be like TNT and ESPN, but no, TNT for both. TNT for both. So, guys, with that being said, this is all I have for today's podcast episode. Thank you so much for listening to my rant, to my predictions for the awards, and for the NBA Finals, for the NBA Playoffs. Oh, man. Until then, guys, I'm signing off. Have a great day, and peace out.